said it, we heard it twice already, next Sunday, one service is what we're going to be getting back to. And it's, it's kind, of, um, kind of fun. This past week, I drove by the stadium on Friday night. There were people in the stadium, and there was an actual football game going on. Do you remember those moments when we used to get around with lots of other people? It was really, it was kind of neat. You know, my daughter was, uh, we, we were going to Taco Bell or some other health food place, and she said, Dad, I didn't know about this. I wanted to, I would like to go. And I said, you're going to have plenty of time for that, hopefully, um, as the central season starts. So it's exciting. Things are kind of starting up again. Um, I wanted to begin in a particular way. You can f- join me if you feel so compelled, but if you can, let's all stand up together. And I want you just to repeat after me. We're talking about creeds, so I'm just going to repeat a basic creed. And if you want to repeat after me, if you believe this, then you do. Are you ready? I believe... That Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. That He is the way. That He is the truth. That He is the life. And no one, I repeat, no one can go to the Father except through Him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray and we will begin. Uh, Thank you, God, so much for this day, for bringing us together and for allowing us the opportunity and the breath to uh, join together with other Christians, other believers. And I pray this morning, Lord, that you would encourage us, that you would help us to leave changed, more inspired, and more ready to live out our life. Um, Lord, we know that uh, every week presents opportunities and challenges. Lord, some we, we do well with and others we fail. Lord, thank you for grace. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for your uh, spirit that gives us power to do things beyond what we have ever been able to do on our own. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please have a seat. Thank you. So there was a woman, she was driving through a crowded parking lot. It was a very crowded parking lot in a major city. She had a meeting she was trying to get to, and she was almost late. And so she started to pray, God, please help me to find a parking spot. Help me to find a parking spot. And, and so at that point, she started making a little deal. She says, God, if you help me to find a parking spot, I'll go to church every Sunday this next year. I promise. Just let me find a parking spot. A few seconds passed. Okay, I'll even join a small group. I know Phil's been bothering me with a small group. I'll go to a small group. Just let me find a parking spot. And then a few seconds passed. And she says, listen, I'll even give up drinking wine if you just let me find a parking spot. Suddenly and miraculously, a parking spot opens. And she says towards heaven, never mind, God, I found one on my own. It's kind of funny. (laughs) I do have a friend who... uh, she has a parking lot angel. She swears by it. And she says whenever she's in a parking lot, it's very crowded, trying to find a parking space, she finds one at the very front. That's her prayer. That's, you know, that's a high point. And um, have you ever prayed like that? You know, started making those deals. <laughs> Do you believe in prayer? I, I, I hope so. We should, right? That's kind of one of the things that are most basic to our faith. Uh, another question that I have is, do you believe that it's important to your life. 
In second service, um, I'm actually, you know, I would like for you, if you are on our app, to, to participate with this and me, uh, with me in this. Um, there's going to be a little poll that I'd like you to answer. It'll show up around 1030. But this is what the poll says. It says this, how is your prayer life? Is it weak at best? Uh, maybe bed times and meals? Uh, maybe during times of crisis? Or is it rich and growing deeper? Uh, one of the things I want us to consider today as we are listening and participating is where does your prayer life fall on this scale right here? I believe that prayer is a very basic belief that we should all hold. And it's basic in the fact that it simply co it connects us with God. Um, and it may hear, kind of sound odd to hear the question, do you believe in prayer? Because we should. But I do know that some of us struggle. And one of, the, one of the questions that I have had is that because it is a basic part of our faith practice, why don't we spend more time doing it alone and together? Is it because we don't offer space? I mean, really, on Sunday morning we have an hour. Because any more than an hour, we get a little antsy. That's just kind of how we're programmed. Uh, I went to a church service in uh, Virginia whenever I lived there for a while. And I had been there for about an hour and a half. And I thought it was over. And it was because they started singing again. You know, they already had people preaching and everything. And I asked the person next to me, I'm new. Is it, is it almost over? She says, oh, son, it's barely getting started. <laughs> you know what I did? I got, I left. I was done. I'm a good Church of Christ guy. I'm done after an hour and a half. <laughs> but there was praying, there was singing, there was a lot of conversation going on. And they had barely gotten started. Prayer is one of the most basic parts of our faith practice, but one thing that I've learned over time and through personal experience is that even though we practice something regularly doesn't mean we actually believe it. Just because we practice it doesn't mean it's really a core belief. It could just end up being routine. So one question I've asked myself is why do we pray? And I've come up with a few reasons. And some of them may seem a little bit obvious, okay? I think that we pray uh, because we want something. Very basic, very simple. Um, sometimes our desires are numerous. Sometimes we really do need. And if we need, we ask God to give us something. And this is good. But I do know that sometimes if that's all we do, we kind of end up treating God like some genie. You know, we polish off this Bible and poof, we ask God, you know, hey, give us something and we expect it. And sometimes we even ask for something in his name, like it says in John uh, 13, I'm sorry, 14. He says, what, uh, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And as a kid, I really thought that meant, you know, the go-kart would be there in my driveway if I prayed for it in the name of Jesus. Didn't happen. But I've heard that on an adult level, people are really asking for things in Jesus' name. But I don't think this is really what he's talking about here. I think what Jesus is talking about here is that, you know, God's, I don't necessarily think he's really, you know, interested in intervening in, a, in, in some sort of a game or 
back then a chariot race or the imperial lottery, right? I mean, this is not about, you know, getting more financial stability or getting more status or cloud or, or getting a better uh, this or that for ourselves. I think what Jesus is talking about here is praying in Jesus' name so that the work of God can be done. You know, kingdom work. Things that help others see the kingdom of God in the world. How often do our prayers consist of getting something from God? And, and, in some, and I, I've done this. How often do we try to manipulate or coerce or influence God into doing something our way? We beg and we plead. And in some of those desperate circumstances like this woman, we start making deals. You know, if you do this, then I will... I've prayed that way. Okay, here's another reason I think we pray. I think that we pray because we want to get God's attention. We feel as if God has fallen asleep. He's not on the job. He doesn't realize what's going on in this particular moment. So sometimes we pray louder. We pray more intently. We pray more angrily. I've done all this. Sometimes our prayers are said through tears and frustrations. And sometimes we even stop praying. It's almost like a spiritual silent treatment. We think if I'm quiet enough, long enough, then God will tell, hey, where's Scott? <laughs> Have y'all ever done that? It's just me? Okay, good. All right, here's another one. Um, we pray because we have come to the end of what it is that we can do. And many times I pray because I feel like I'm really, I'm out of options. I've done all I know how to do. You know, how often do we sweat, we worry, we do our best to make the impossible possible. And then in that moment, when we realize that we are limited, we can't do just anything, and that some situations really are out of our control, the light bulb goes off. We finally bow our head and we turn our thoughts and our words and our prayers to heaven. And then when we pray, if we seek or receive the answer that we were praying for, we're surprised. And in those moments, whenever we don't get the answer we're looking for, we're wondering, God, where are you? Where have you been? Didn't you hear what I've just asked? I mean, in those moments, we're kind of praying not so much with expectancy and boldness as much as our fingers crossed and a wince on our face, just hoping that our prayer gets answered positively. I mean, have you prayed for any of these reasons? If you have, it's okay. This is not, these are not wrong reasons to pray. I mean, of course we pray when we need something. We need to. Paul tells us to pray if we need something. It's specifically in, in Philippians 4. Don't worry about everything. We've, we all know this verse. But by everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God wants us to tell him everything. Our needs, our wants, our desires. He wants you to know that he's paying attention, that he cares for even your most basic of needs. And sometimes, believe it or not, our prayers can influence God's decision. We see that with Moses. We see that several times in Scripture. You know, what is that, that parable about the woman who continually comes to this unjust judge and just is praying, I mean, asking for justice, asking, asking, asking. He didn't even care about God nor man. And he still responds to her and asks, answers her question, gives her justice. And, and Jesus is like, hey, if this man doesn't care about God or man, 
how much more will God care for you? He's listening. So sometimes our prayers really can, I believe, help God do a, something different. I mean, Moses, he, God wanted to start over with Moses. These people are crazy, Moses. Moses is like, no, you promised. And waiting to the last minute, better late than never, <laughs> right? That's okay if you've prayed in any of these particular ways. The reality is that prayer is difficult because sometimes I know, and I, I'm sure you felt it, sometimes you pray and you feel like you're kind of just talking. Sometimes it's awkward because we may not know how to pray. We may not know what we're doing or even why we're doing it. And for some of us, even in this room, we think prayer is difficult because we're still struggling with whether or not we really believe God is real. There's probably been some things in your life that have happened that have really caused you to question. So of course, prayer is going to be difficult. Especially after you've prayed fervently that God would do this or that. And the person still had to suffer or they still had to die. The cure did not come. The money didn't arrive. The marriage wasn't saved. You know, you're still unemployed. You're still stuck in your miserable job after you've been praying. You know, people still don't notice your value. I know sometimes it's difficult to pray because regardless of what you see in the TV and on the movies, the prayer doesn't always end with a win for the team. It doesn't always end in exactly the way that you want. But I think prayer is much more meaningful than that. It goes deeper than these things. And as I look at prayer and belief, maybe we should see prayer simply as a way to basically just connect with God because prayer does exactly that it connects us with God and as we talk about our creeds and our beliefs I believe this is an important statement I'm about to make I think that prayer reveals what we believe I believe prayer reveals what we believe, how we pray, the words we use. They say a lot about who we believe God to be. If we think God's paying attention, they reveal a lot about us. The disciples, they, they were trying to figure out prayer too. They were watching Jesus and learning from him. They saw him in the synagogue and they heard him pray there. They heard him pray, I'm sure, you know, as he's blessing God for the meals and, and wherever they are, they have a blessing for every occasion. They heard Jesus pray. You can't travel with a Jewish rabbi and not hear him pray. But they also knew that he withdrew to lonely places and prayed. What did he say when he was alone? So one day they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Because in that day and age, in that religious climate, it's really tough. If you didn't know how to pray, it's almost like you didn't know how to write or read. I mean, even the pagans knew how to pray. But they wanted to figure it out. They were trying to get clarity here. They wanted to do it correctly. So Jesus tells them, how to pray. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be. It's actually in your Bibles, <laughs> in your app, on your Bible app. Um, this is what it says. 
He says this, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close your door, and pray to your Father who's unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. I mean, there's a lot of prayer going on in that day. I mean, we don't hear a lot of pagan prayers. We don't hear people praying to Thor or praying to Mother Earth often. At least I don't. You might. But these people heard these prayers quite often. And at least, you know, these pagans, they were sincerely trying to connect with a God that wasn't there. But the religious leaders, however, Jesus says those religious leaders, they, they're not praying to connect. They're praying to be seen as something that they're not. You know, he's saying to these people, you need to pray to connect. You need to pray to be seen by God, not by men. Pray to be seen because if you're praying to be seen by God, then that means that God's paying attention. And what if every time we prayed, we had that firm belief that God was listening to me? How would that change our prayer? So Jesus told them specifically how to pray. He, he went on and he said this. This is in how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So with our idea today, prayer reveals what you believe. What does this prayer reveal about Jesus' belief? Well, first of all, very clearly is that God is holy and he is our father. That's huge. He's not a taskmaster. He's not some vengeful deity who's waiting for us to mess up or get outside the lines so he can smite us he's our father and I know some people don't have a good relationship with your father at all so you don't really know what a good father figure looks like I know for some of you he's either been absent he's been a disappointment or he has been something you barely survived but God is our father and if you want to know what God looks like, then look at Jesus. Because if we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. What kind of Father is Jesus going to be? Wow. He's our Father. He's holy. And that means that we can trust Him with everything. And this prayer also tells me that Jesus believed that the best thing that could be done on earth was God's will. Very best thing. Not politics, not legislation. God's will. And what is God's will? God's will, John says, eternal life is to know God and him whom he has sent. God's will is to know God, to know Jesus. And it is to love God with everything, you're all, everything you are. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. God's will is Jesus' creed. It's loving God with your walking around, eating, drinking, your breath, your, your work life, your play, your relaxation, your thoughts. 
You know, do all of those things, your actions, your words, do the things you say in person, do the things you say online show a love for God? Do the things you say in person and online show a love for others? Do your words start conversations or do they stop them? That's God's will. Jesus believed that the best thing that could be done on earth is God's will. Not making people think this way or that way. It's God's will. May your will in heaven be done on earth. Man, God's will is the best chance we have. It also lets me know that food, sustenance, everything that keeps us alive comes from God. They're all a gift. All of it. And the sooner we realize this, the sooner we will live out of this sense of gratitude as, as, as you know, opposed to a sense of entitlement. Gratitude will begin to be second nature to us. And it also shows us that God will forgive us. This is huge. God will forgive us. He will forgive us as we have forgiven others. If you're forgiven, then you should forgive. If you have been forgiven, then why not forgive? I know it's hard. Trust me. But when you pray for God to forgive your sin, start here. When you pray for God to forgive your sin, ask God to reveal the people you need to forgive. And sometimes forgiveness is a daily exercise. God will forgive us our sins, our debts, our trespasses. We cannot be selfish with forgiveness. And it also shows me that God is the only one who can save us. Jesus believed it was only God who could save us, only him. Sin is prevalent. And without God, we have not a prayer. We are powerless against it. He is our savior. God alone is our escape. He provides us a way out of sin. He has offered his spirit to us as a gift to save us from evil, to save us from death. And it also lets me know Jesus believed in his father without question. He believed in this reality of heaven. He believed that God will care for us. He believed, do we? And I know as we're thinking through this, we may not have ever thought about this before, but when, when you start thinking about your prayer life, as we roll those prayers around in our head, they may start, we may start seeing a reflection of, of what it is we really believe. Maybe our prayers are timid. Maybe they're quick. Maybe they're just really generalized and shallow. Maybe they're just routine. And, and maybe we're realizing now that our lack of prayer may just be a reflection of our lack of belief. I've been there, y'all. There was a moment in my life when prayer was really difficult. In fact, I found myself like that guy in Scripture who said, I believe, just help me with my unbelief. I want to encourage you as we as we get ready to leave here to know that prayer is one of the most basic gifts we have been given it is a direct lifeline to God it is as simple and basic as breathing or texting or telephone call or simple conversation it is 
basic. And it is our lifeline. Just as words are our lifeline to our community, prayer is our lifeline to God. And this is something that I realized is that, you know, Jesus didn't pray to believe. You know, Jesus prayed, therefore, I mean, he believed, therefore he prayed. Belief is, is something that I believe fuels our prayers. And I think if we believe in Jesus, if we believe in the word of God, if we believe that Jesus is the only way to God, then we should also be able to believe that prayer, as it was to Jesus, is powerful and necessary and crucial. And it connects us to the living God. In a moment, Jeff, they're going to come, or we're, we're going to sing. And then we're going to have like a moment. It's going to be a minute or two, about probably two minutes of just silence. And that's going to be a little uncomfortable. But I want you to take this moment of silence and I want you to fill it with just prayer. Either you talk or you simply listen. But open that prayer connection to God because that is that is a practice that stems from our deepest beliefs, the core belief inside of us. And sometimes we need help. So if anything, pray the Lord's Prayer. If anything, just say, speak for your servant is listening. Whatever it is, let's sing and let's connect with God over these next few minutes. Let's all stand together. Our world is busy and loud. And two minutes feels like an eternity. But what I find is that in those moments of stillness and quiet, when our heart and mind is focused and directed toward God in heaven, amazing things can happen. It sustained Jesus his entire life. This is a quote I wanted to, to read. It says this, Jesus Christ taught his disciples to pray. He healed people with prayers. He denounced the corruption of the temple worship, which he said should be a house of prayer and insisted that some demons could be cast out only through prayer. He prayed often and regularly with fervent cries and tears and sometimes all night. The Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him as he was praying and he was transfigured with the divine glory as he prayed. When he faced his greatest crisis, he did so with prayer. We hear him praying for his disciples and the church on the night before he died and then petitioning God in the agony of the Garden of Gethsemane. Finally, he died praying. If prayer was that important of a belief to our Savior. My encouragement to you is to keep it close. Practice it. Allow God to shape you through it. And don't hold anything back because God wants to hear it all. And in those moments when we decide to not talk, he may also have some things to say to us as well.
God be with you.